There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 101. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Bible Mummy. The bedroom pop star from Canberra, Australia, is releasing her debut EP today, entitled Unpleasant Adolescent. In today's episode, we're speaking with Bible Mummy about the brand new EP, working with Thomas Porter, and how the Belgian music scene compares to home. Here we go. Our guest today is a bedroom pop star from Canberra, Australia. After releasing her hit single Bunny earlier this year, She's releasing her debut EP today, entitled Unpleasant Adolescent. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Bible Mummy. Hello, how are we? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's a very exciting day for yourself as we um, we do have a debut EP out today. Yeah, it's been years in the making, so feeling feeling pretty good, pretty nervous though. Of course, the um, the EP Unpleasant Adolescent. I feel like I have to ask before we get to the actual content of the music. Are you classifying yourself as an unpleasant adolescent, or is yes, a, yes. I, I was I'm a menace, a menace to, to my parents <laughs> and to society. No, but I was quite um, I was quite unpleasant in the way that I was, you know, very moody, very teen angsty, um, and it's also kind of like the adolescence itself is a bit unpleasant like the experience <laughs> yes the the experience of being an adolescent at times can be uh, unpleasant in certain uh, uh, d- degrees I guess so um it is a, an incredible EP and I know that you just Thanks. said that you've been working on it for a while the songs on the EP I believe at least one or two of them were produced by Thomas Porter who is also a due process family member um how did that collaboration kind of come about and and um yeah well our a and r um set us up together he was just like i think you guys will get along and i was like okay you know why not and so we showed up to the session and i saw him and i was like this guy looks like a clown but we started talking <laughs> and we started working together and we just got along so well it's like no, no offense to Thomas, but he is young at heart. He is like, 
such a silly little man. Um, oh my God, I'm just here insulting him. Not really. I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. But yeah, we, we got along really well and we had such a good energy musically. And so as soon as we wrote Bunny was the first song that we wrote together, we wrote that within like, like a, a few hours of our first session. And then we all, I was like, I need to work with this guy again. Like I, I texted my A&R and I was like, Thomas is the best. He's the best guy ever. Like, let's get these sessions rolling. And so, yeah, we've been, we've been good buddies and um, working together ever since. That's very cool. Um, we have had Thomas on the podcast and uh, I do mean it as a compliment. He does have um, the personality of, I don't want to say a clown because I feel like I'm maybe not close enough to do that. Um, but I feel that he comes across as quite, quite a, a lovable character. So I'll, yeah, I'll... exactly. He's just like, he's like a golden retriever, but as a human. <laughs> that's a good compliment. I think that's a very good compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you just said that you guys wrote Bunny together with the track. Um, I believe you've been quoted as saying that it's kind of like a mix of fairy tale. Um, what was it? I've got it written down somewhere. Alice fairy in Wonderland? Tale. Yes, like a childish fairy tale mixed with the darker, uh, I guess, parts of being a teenager or being a teenage girl. Um, do you remember what originally kind of set off the catalyst for writing a song like this? Yeah, I mean, throughout my entire kind of schooling, I um, I went to all girls school when I was in primary school and oh my gosh, I was torn to shreds. I was torn to shreds by these eight-year-olds, by these nine-year-olds. I mean, like I was the same age. It's not like children are hating on me now, I don't think, but I, I got bullied a lot. <laughs> um, and then I, I mean, for various things, for like being a lesbian, um, all of, all of that kind of stuff, like I just got a ton of, a ton of hate and I experienced that all through my like high school, early teenage years as well. And I just kind of thought, I hate all of these, all of these like bitchy chicks. I'm going to write a song about how it's like, how I'm like, I'm going to get past it. I have to pick myself back up. I have to move on. Like I, I have to fall down the rabbit hole and keep going pretty much. <laughs> It's an incredible track and when listening to it on the um, on the radio and hearing it on streaming services, it has this kind of confidence that I feel like does not... I was surprised to find out um, how old you actually are because you, I believe you've just recently turned 18 or about to turn? Yeah, 18. I turned 18 like a, a couple of weeks ago, so... Happy birthday for a few weeks ago. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But... <laughs> I, there is a confidence in Bunny and the rest of the EP that is, I found quite surprising. Was that always kind of uh, evident in your songwriting that you found that you were just very self-assured with, with what you were writing? Yeah, I think that initially it came about as sort of, I was quite insecure and I wasn't very confident. And so I kind of took the the Bible Mummy persona and I made it, I used to say like Bible Mummy is me but cooler. Like she's a cooler extension of myself. She's all of the 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 cool, confident, 
swagged out parts of me. Um, so I think that part of it, part of it is just kind of like playing a character or, or kind of communicating certain aspects of my personality that are heightened. But as I've gotten older, especially um, like 17, 18, um, I feel like I the confidence is more authentic. It's just coming from from myself and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can definitely understand that. I, I imagine that the more that you're um, almost like using that persona to get these feelings, thoughts, um, everything else across, that the more you do it, the more it is going to feel more natural and you almost kind of blur the lines almost between the, the persona and yourself. Yeah. One day, one day I'll just have no idea where Bible mommy stops and where I begin. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of now, like, it's not one day, it's like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> have you found that now that you're, you're releasing music and doing all these things that there is to people kind of, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? have you found that people do treat you differently as a, like an alt pop star? Um, I mean, a, a little bit. I think that, for example, at school, I go to like a public college. There's thousands of kids. Nobody really cares. Um, <laughs> but I'd say that like people, people who, who have like seen my Instagram or they've seen that I've, you know, supported all day or they've, they think that I'm, I'm like kind like cool or whatever, especially like a lot of younger teenage girls, um, is that like back before, before lockdown is that I'd, I'd have girls coming up to me in, um, in the Canberra center, which is like in, in the city. And they'd be like, you're, you're Bible Barbie. And I was like, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's, it's just weird. It's like, I, I would, I would never go up to myself or think that like I'm someone interesting. So having people do that is, it's really cool. So, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's mostly good, different treatment, nothing too harassment-y. That's good. That's what we want to hear. Um, it is, yeah, I can imagine, well, for some of those like young girls that it is cool to have, um, just like someone to look up to, like an Australian musician who is a little bit like um, diff, not different, but like in terms of like some of the imagery that I know that you've used is like a little bit darker, a little bit more alternative. Um, so it's kind of cool to have like those, I guess, idols for those for those young girls. Yeah, I I try and I try and be my like the best influence I can be. I made so many so many bad decisions when I was a younger teenager and gosh, probably even now I'm making a billion bad decisions a week, <laughs> but I try and I try and be like don't don't date old older guys until you're an adult like they they're, they're going to be dodgy and just like don't go off doing a bunch of drugs in a park somewhere. That's never going to end well. But just like <laughs> I don't know, trying to trying to be as good of a role model as I can be without being like insincere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No, of course. That's, I can respect that. That's very cool. Um, from my understanding, You've been in Canberra for a few years now and you originally are from Canberra, but there was a bit of time spent overseas in in Belgium. Was there much of a music scene there for someone your age and, like, are there any differences or any similarities between the Australian scene and the the Belgium scene? I mean, I wasn't really... But there is a a scene in Belgium. I'd say that there's a lot of... um, There's insane rappers and there's a lot of great electronic music and great electronic producers but as far as what I was doing there wasn't really a super established scene and um but the good thing about Belgium is that well most of Europe is you can just catch a train and in three hours you're in London or you're in Paris and it costs you like 20 bucks so um I had the opportunity where my um my mum would like go on go on a trip with me we drive we drive over to Paris and I had um I had some friends in the more like alt pop kind of that sort of scene over there, which was super amazing. And like telling people in Australia being like, Oh yeah, like I went to Paris to do stuff. They're like, Oh my God, you went to Paris. <laughs> and I'm like, my mom drove me. Like it didn't take very long. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite different in Australia, but I think that I love the Australian music scene, especially triple J and kind of the atmosphere that they have for young musicians and that allows so many artists to break, to break out um, and not have to have a bunch of money or well-connected parents or any of that stuff. They just have to have talent and work harder, I think. Well, that's, that's a bit idealized, but I think that it's it's a lot more (laughs) common in, in Australia to see real breakout artists. 100%. I think that it's one thing, sometimes we are, you know, like too far away from um, other countries for bands to tour or for certain things to happen. But one, I do 100% agree with you on that point is that, especially with Triple J and a few other areas that like are really good in launching just um, unestablished acts to, to be able to give them that platform. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the the music journalism here in Australia, it's stuff that you actually want to read, like um like Tone Deaf and The Brag and all of that. It's like you want to go in and have a look and see who they're writing about and who the newest artist that they're talking about is because 9 out of 10 times like that artist is just dope. So <laughs> <laughs> Is it not the same over in Europe? Have you found any like did it was less informative or less um on the money I felt like it was I don't know maybe it's a cultural thing because I feel in my soul that I'm quite Australian I'm Australian at heart is that it was it was a lot less fun and it was a lot less down to earth a lot of the 
the the stuff that you'd read would just be like here is a here is a video of this artist rapping they are from excel enjoy and you just kind of think oh okay and you don't you don't really you don't feel as close you know you don't feel like that's an artist that you could go to a show and then grab a beer with afterwards you just kind of feel a bit more distance I don't know if I'm explaining it in a way that makes sense but that's that's my best that's my best explanation yeah I can definitely understand that I feel that um Australia and it, it probably is because we are a very lucky uh, country and, and spoil in certain ways that we're able to, um, I think pa- people who work in those industries in Australia are really passionate about it and want to put their role and, you know, like a bit of character to it. Whereas possibly overseas, it might just be like, it's a job. It, you know, keeps the light on. Yeah. Maybe but less I think love that, almost. <laughs> I think that every, every country, every continent, every, like, there are so many great things and great artists, but yeah, Australia is just there's something special. It's like a little <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, the name itself, Bible Mummy, I'm very curious. Firstly, am I, I feel like uh, as someone who's over 30, I have to really focus on pronouncing it right because I feel like I'm going to embarrass myself in front of young people. Um <laughs> Um, firstly, am I pronouncing it right when I say Bible mummy or is it mammy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of, you can kind of do whatever. Uh, I'd say that like, it's like the word mummy is like, it's that like, ah, sound. Um, but honestly I've heard Bible mammy, Bible mommy, Bible mummy. Like I just, <laughs> I've just grown to accept all of them. Okay. That, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> you're open to the interpretations of different um, <laughs> names. Where did the name itself come from? So basically um, when I went to like all girls primary school, it was a Christian school um, and my parents aren't particularly religious, but something about me when I was like eight or something, going to all girls Christian school, I just got there, like went to my first chapel and was like, I believe in God now. I'm a Christian now wholeheartedly. Like, I love God. I don't, I don't even, I don't know where it came from, but like in the time that I was at that school, I, um, I became just a genuine, like believing Christian and it carried over even after I moved to Brussels and I was at like a, a secular international school and my two best friends, um, they were both like, they, they'd make fun of me for it. They'd be like, Oh, well, you love God or all of this stuff. And even, even as I kind of fell away from like religious practices and being a Christian, it was just kind of like a part of my upbringing and something that I really liked to engage with, especially because of all the Christian iconography and Christian art um, and a lot of stuff from the Renaissance and just there's there's so much cool stuff and it just kind of became a part of my character and personality and so I wanted when I was like on the on the SoundCloud scene you'd have like the male rappers who were like Lil Xan, Lil whatever um and I was thinking like what's a female version of that and I noticed that there were some girls doing like the like flex mommy hot cheeto mommy stuff like that and I was like (laughs) 
yeah, this is working. This, this will be good. And I was like 13 or 14 and then it just kind of stuck. And I think it's, it's, it's a fun name. So yeah. <laughs> it definitely is uh, firstly a unique name. I think it's a very cool name. Um, and I feel that it almost weirdly covers like um, your sound and imagery quite well. Like it kind of encapsulates it all in a really good way. And I might not have um, deducted all those things that you've just said myself simply from the name. I'm glad that you were able to kind of like break it down for us. But um, yeah, the music does have like a, almost like a bit of a SoundCloud element to it. When you uh, were sitting down with Thomas and kind of writing the EP, was it, I guess, was there any thought of how this would translate into like a live show if you were to tour it at some point? Uh, to be honest, not really. It's like we were just kind of on a on a creative wave and we were just kind of writing. But I, I do know that whenever I'm writing a song, especially with Bunny and another song on the EP, Man Eater, is that, which is also produced by Thomas, is that in my mind I kind of have an image of what it's like, like colours and um, not like synesthesia or anything, but I just have an idea of the vibes and the atmosphere. So I think that I've, I mean, I've considered like live show outfits that would, that would look, <laughs> that would remind me of different songs. Um, but as far as actually like playing shows, I am... Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll have a think about that. You've, you've put that idea into my mind. I, I think, I think I should, I should consider that some more. Okay. That's cool. Oh, we'll wait and come back to us at another stage <laughs> with that one. <laughs> um, I think my favorite track of the EP, um, but look, I do like bunny and it is catchy as all hell. Uh, but I think my other favorite track is death support, um, which I'm curious after you've said that it kind of these songs have colors or tones, not synesthesia, as you said, but like what kind of color or tone does this song have for you? Cause I felt that it, while it still sounds like your music, it does sound different from the other three tracks. Yeah. Um, I'd say that death support is definitely dark grays, dark maroon, burgundy reds, like, and, um, and black I'd say, uh, and then also like white. I, I, I'd say that all of that kind of comes through quite well in the music video. I made like a PowerPoint presentation for my team, basically being like, here are the vibes of death support. And I downloaded hundreds of images from Pinterest and had like all of the vibes solidly concentrated. But yeah, it's <laughs> like very dark, dark kind of... <laughs> I was gonna say sneaky. I, that's not that's not right at all. Not <laughs> sneaky, but like dark, toned down, and and brooding, mm, brooding. Oh yeah, uh, and nice. then and then a bit yeah. of a bit of red, which um because there's lots of mentions of red in the song, and that's kind of like, I mean that's a no brainer if you're gonna be like red on his lips is gonna is gonna be red. <laughs> Sorry. Of course, of course. <laughs> Sometimes the most simplest stuff, it's it's right there, of course. <laughs> it's like it's like behind the lyrics, red. It's red. 
the shortest episode ever behind the lyrics. <laughs> yes. Um, we would usually chat to our guests about what they're currently listening to. Is there anything currently on either your record player or streaming service, whichever you prefer to use, that's getting a, um, a good workout? Yeah. Um, I have been really, really, really into Danny Brown, the rapper lately. Um, he has a great song that's just come out with Dorian Electra and it is an insane electronic song and I'm obsessed with it. Um, I've also been listening to, in terms of Australian music, cause I stay listening to Australian music. Um, the Ryans who won triple J unearthed high, they are insane. Amazing. Um, they're the same age as me. So I was like, I could be these guys friends and they make incredible, <laughs> incredible music. Um, and then, uh, Nina Jirachi, she just released a new song. Um, and it's so catchy. It's like 140 foot on the gas. Anyway, it's fantastic. So I've been enjoying, enjoying all that lately. I feel like that's like kind of a varied, like you've covered a little bit of ground genre wise with those pieces. <laughs> Yeah, I listen to like pretty much pretty much everything. I mean, I know that everyone listens to everything, but yeah, I like I, I I'm a, I'm a rap head, but I also like I love Australian Indian punk, and then I love pop music. So, I think that these days, and we've discussed it with like a few guests, is that the really awesome thing about kind of living in this time period of 2020 or 2021, whatever, is um that there are no real set genres anymore. Like people aren't just metalheads or like indie or whatever. Like you can listen to, to Danny Brown and then listen to like a singer songwriter and then listen to like, God, I don't know, Celtic folk or whatever it may be. <laughs> and like, it's all yeah, kind listen, of cool. So listening to sea shanties, putting them on the playlist, putting some, <laughs> putting some brown noise, eight hour loopable. And then Danny Brown, of course, <laughs> putting some Denzel Curry on there, just spicing it up, you know, <laughs> if you can, if you can bookend it with Danny Brown, I'm very cool with that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bible mommy. Thank you again for coming onto the podcast and congratulations again on the EP, which thank is out today. Um, we look forward to seeing uh, more from you in the future. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and to listening to me ramble for like five minutes straight <laughs> <laughs> for every question. <laughs> And that's our show. A massive thank you to Bible Mummy for her time. Unpleasant Adolescent is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the EP. We also want to give a huge shout out to Shari, a great company collective for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 